0: Everybody, Cheryl Akesson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Akesson podcast. Today, a member of Congress representing Ground Zero of the current illegal immigration border crisis talks about the response he's gotten when he's tried to get help from federal officials. We are well past a year and a half of the Biden administration, and the border crisis is only growing worse. It's starting to look as if things are according to plan, at least from their viewpoint, or at least they aren't going to do anything that changes it. Local border communities that thought and hoped this was just a temporary moment of insanity before measures were taken now seem to be braced for the long haul, becoming resigned to the possibility that nobody is going to help them. Tony Gonzalez is a U.S. Congressman from Texas's 23rd District covering Eagle Pass, Texas.
1: Yeah, I represent 42 percent of the southern border. Uh, Eagle Pass in particular is uh, immigration, border security, not a new topic for us. We have dealt with this for a a very long time. But what we're seeing now is we're seeing historic numbers that have blown anything else out of the water. And the the simple infrastructure here isn't made for that. Uh, We're not used to seeing this level of disruption. And it has really turned Eagle Pass upside down in more ways than one. From the school districts to the, uh, to the uh, hospitals to the local law enforcement, everything has gotten sucked. The NGOs, the non-government organizations, that oftentimes would fill the gaps that government could never fill. All of a sudden, they're not taking care of the vulnerable. They're only—everybody is, is sucked up into the migrants.
0: Did initially you think this was sort of an accident that would be handled? Or did you think all along this was part of a plan? And what I'm getting at is, have you given up the notion that the federal government is going to do anything about it?
1: You know, when when the Biden administration first took office, their, their approach was very simple. Whatever Trump did, we're going to do the opposite. And I, I understood that, but that is not a plan. And so early on, I reached out and I go, hey, look, this is not going to go well. And I want to work together. I want to partner with you on finding some solutions and give you uh, give you a, a taste or, or give you the, the true facts of what's happening on the ground. And they turned a blind eye. I mean, I couldn't get a call back. They would not pay attention. And it wasn't just me. I mean, it was anyone along the border. Henry Cuellar, my Democrat colleague to the south, Vicente Gonzalez. I mean, everybody, they just turned a blind eye in, in particular. And, and now fast forward, we're almost two years into this. It's only gotten worse, and it hasn't gotten worse by chance. And while there are some things, very clear things, clear items... They've done nothing. I recently had a a meeting with the DHS Secretary Mayorkas, and he sat down in my office. And I go, "Look, Mr. Secretary, I'm not asking for some of these contentious uh, items. I'm asking for some very basic things: mental health for my border patrol agents, more technology. We had 53 migrants come through one of the checkpoints and ultimately died a horrific death in my district. I'm asking for more technology along the border. You know, I'm asking for more resources for." Uh, for sheriffs and, and police officers that are sucked up into this, and they have done nothing. So it's, not, it's no longer uh, build the wall. And s- it, that, that wasn't what I was asking for. They, they have done absolutely nothing, and it's disappointing.
0: What did Secretary America say when you told him these things?
1: He agreed with me on all these things, and that's the part that's frustrating. On one end, you get, a, you get a lip service, if you will. And you go, hey, I agree with you, all of these different things, but there is no action to show that you're ultimately committed to doing it. The action is only how do we strip away more policies that worked? So until this administration stops, the, stops and, and, and changes path, any good leadership. I spent 20 years in the military. I spent five years in Iraq and Afghanistan. You have a plan going in. That plan goes out the window. You have to adjust, and you have to be able to go, as a leader, to be able to go, hey, I was wrong there. You know, now I have more information. Let me change course. It's as if this administration continues to blindly uh, make one mistake after the next.
0: Is it a mistake? Um, what is your conclusion? more than a year and a half into the Biden administration with no attempts publicly to change things.
1: Yeah, no, my my conclusion is it is a systematic approach of what the Biden administration is doing. Essentially, Congress has given up on immigration reform. And the word was out to the administration that in the Senate, they weren't going to take it up. In the House, they didn't have the votes. They weren't going to take it up. So the administration uh, essentially had to make a a decision on what to do. And what they chose to do was to open up the floodgates and, and give up on legal immigration. And all that has caused is millions of people to now live in the shadows. It's caused thousands of people to die horrific deaths. I mean, imagine drowning every day here in Eagle Pass. You know, before uh, our local firefighters would have to deal with around 20, 25 drownings a year, now they're dealing with over 30 drownings a month. You know, pulling babies out of the water is not normal, and and, and what does that do to your 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 first responders? It 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 wears at them. So uh, it, the list goes on and on. The local communities like Eagle Pass, like Del Rio, like San Antonio, they're at the Laredo, they're at the forefront of it all. And the the Biden administration is almost giving themselves high fives saying, you know, let's do more.
0: What has the state of Texas done to try to handle its own business if they think the federal government's not going to do it?
1: You know, I'd say the state has done a lot. I mean, they've constantly tried to add more resources to it. But it's at a saturation point. I'll give you an example. I was meeting with uh, the police chief of Dilley. It's about 80 miles from the border. And I'm talking about uh, you know, what, what uh, Governor Abbott has done to give them resources. And he goes, Tony, we have all the money we need for overtime. My my my, my uh, police officers don't want to work overtime anymore. They are tired because it's no longer just hey, I'm going to punch in and punch out. It's when I work, there's going to be two high speed chases that day. You know, they're they're having to deliver these uh, these road spikes. And he goes, we would do this once in a blue moon. Now they're doing it twice a day. This isn't easy work and it's very dangerous. So what ends up happening is while the state is running to the fire and trying to do things, put up a uh, Constantine wire and, and chain link fence and, and you're seeing these, uh, these uh, shipping crates now, it really does nothing because this is ultimately a federal problem and it only ends with a federal solution. And the solution is this, implement the, the policies that are already in place. Enforce the laws, right? In Congress, I look at it, you know, what we have to do is we have to push the administration to do its job and enforce the laws that are already in the books on one end. On the other end, we, Congress, needs to have a a, uh, a hard conversation on immigration reform. And immigration, to me, immigration reform doesn't start with pa- pathway to citizenship. It doesn't start with amnesty. It starts with work visas.
0: When you... Look at what's happened along the border. Is there a way to quantify, not the intangible costs, mental health and so on, is there a way to quantify the cost of all of this in terms of dollars?
1: There is. And, you know, this this is one thing that's been very frustrating to me, is this administration has not been transparent at all. I'd argue it's one of the least transparent administrations that we've ever had. You know, a prime example in San Antonio, they're now forcing uh, firefighters to run this migrant center. Right. And and what is end up happening is who is paying for this? You know, the the local municipality is one paying for it. And the federal government is coming back and saying we are going to reimburse you. That, that worries me on two fronts. One, are they ever going to reimburse these these uh, cities and towns that are having to fit the bill? I, I doubt it. And two, if they are reimbursing, Where is that money coming from? It's coming from FEMA in a lot of cases. Well, guess what FEMA is built there for? It's not built for an an endless migrant crisis. It's built there for emergencies like floods, like earthquakes, like fires, not this migrant migrant crisis. So my worry is this administration is reshaping government and taking us down a path that is unsustainable.
0: We are going to be going over some of what the local communities and the state some of what they're trying to do, whether how effective or not, I take the point. But can you go over some of the things that the initiatives that Texas has started?
1: You know, some of it has been uh, adding more uh, law enforcement officers to the equation, DPS agents, stopping more people along along the, 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 the route. Uh, some other things that I don't necessarily agree with is busing folks uh, all over the country. What, what, ends up, what needs to happen is this is folks that do not qualify for asylum, which right now are about 95%, should get their day in court, and then, they, and then if they don't qualify for asylum, they should be sent back to their country of origin, right, via these repatriation flights. One of the programs that the administration did away with was the PACER program. This was, you had immigration judges on the border seeing cases within days. Right now, they stripped away that, and now your cases are heard years from now so it's completely unacceptable these local municipalities are trying to do what they can to get involved but all it is doing is absorbing them taking their resources and it's not solving the equation at all because it's a federal issue
0: there was um sort of an audit done and the findings which we referred to a few minutes ago by inspector general i'll just read the summary of the findings ice did not adequately justify the need for the sole source contract to house migrant families and spent $17 million for hotel space and services at six hotels that went largely unused just between April and June 2021. What were your thoughts when you saw that?
1: Completely unacceptable. I mean, this is throwing money at a problem and not solving the problem at all. Also, it's not transparent. I mean, you have these uh, these single-source bids that go out, you know, unsolicited bids. That's dangerous. I mean, that shows government corruption at all levels. And what it also does is it encourages others. So, you know, some of these organizations, these, non, these NGOs, these non-government organizations, they've been doing God's work for a long time, helping our most vulnerable, our, our veterans, our homeless, uh, drug addiction, and all of a sudden they're no, no longer doing any of that, and they're they're all in on this migrant situation because it's lucrative. Guess who loses in that? The American public loses with that. Guess who wins in that? The few. The few that the administration gets to choose. The winners and losers. The winners are these people getting these big contracts. The losers are the American public. And it's wrong.
0: And then my last question along the lines of money is, people may not imagine all the little different things that go into beyond just the cost of ICE agents and Border Patrol agents. There are so many other things, transportation and food and detaining and care for children what are some of the things if you th- can think of any off the top of your head some of the costs of this crisis that are not maybe not people don't think of off the top of their head
1: yeah the, to me the the non-monetary costs are the cost of our people i see border patrol agents their morale is is at a, a low you know imagine having to pull babies out of the water drown babies out of the water it changes you uh i see I see firefighters in the same route. I see firefighters in San Antonio that are no longer putting out fires. They're driving buses. They're driving migrants to and from the airport. That's not what a firefighter signed up for. I see teachers. You know, here in Eagle Pass, about two weeks ago, I was pumping gas. And and across from me was a teacher. And she had three little kids, her three small children in the car. And she goes, hey, Tony. Hey. And we started talking. and, And a migrant came up. And panhandled and asked her for money, and she gave him $10. And she said, so that family, they had an option. She put $10 in gas, and she gave the migrant $10. This is because of the compassion that is here. Meanwhile, she has three children of her own living off of a teacher's salary. These are the things that will never make the headlines. But the people here, the people at the forefront of this are sacrificing so much because they will always give the shirt off their back. And it's not fair to put them in that position. It's not fair for the federal government to turn a blind eye and abandon people on the border because we're going to respond. And oftentimes we're going to give the limited resources that we have. But who ends up losing? The local people end up losing the most.
0: What do you think about New York? In some instances, officials complaining about these several thousand illegal immigrants who ended up there or asylum seekers versus what's happened to the communities on the border.
1: If you're the mayor of New York City, if you're the mayor of, of uh, D.C., if you're the mayor of San Antonio, if you're the mayor of Eagle Pass, if you're a mayor in general, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter, of course you're going to complain when you get hundreds, if not thousands, of, of uh, displaced people into your community because it is going to disrupt your community. And, and that's exactly what's been happening to our, to our, dis- to our district for over a year going on two years now and it's unsustainable so the longer this happens the more it's going to the more the more uh resources are going to be depleted in your city i'm hearing now that they're going to be sending buses to chicago this isn't going to end this isn't about texas and the rest of the united states this is about every city in america is now a border city and don't think for one minute that your city won't be the next city right now we're talking about new york city and washington dc what's next san francisco Miami. I mean, it's just there's no end in sight unless the federal government, Joe Biden in particular, is able to enforce the laws that are already on the books.
0: Much more after a short break. All year round, there are challenges to keeping your skin healthy. Salt, sun, chlorine, cold and wind. That's why I designed Sirenae Cosmetics, a line of skin-loving, handmade products that will keep your skin glowing year-round. I'm Starr, owner of Lemonade Mermaid at store.lemonademermaid.life. I worked hard to formulate fresh, vegan body butters, lotions, scrubs, lip glosses, and more with ingredients that are good for your skin year-round. But don't take my word for it. Check out our reviews. My website is store.lemonademermaid.life. And listeners of this podcast can get 20% off my Mermaid Moon Gloss to Balm lip gloss by using the checkout code PODCAST. I hope to see you at store.lemonademermaid.life. Texas has set aside more than a billion taxpayer dollars for border barriers. One interesting thing that they did was to obtain 1,700 unused panels from California. These were panels set aside for Trump's border wall, but they've just been sitting there wasted after President Biden stopped construction on the wall in January of 2021. Well, Texas found out about them and applied to receive them as surplus property, had them shipped from California. I think it cost about $2 million, but they got the panels for free. And they're using those panels to build additional wall. So interestingly, even with President Trump out of office, the building of the wall in Texas continues. These panels, they're 32-foot-high steel bollard panels that were being stored in San Diego, and I saw some of the new wall in Texas on my visit. It's this style that looks almost like it's rusty and old, the way these steel bollard panels are constructed. They're put vertically on top of what looks like a concrete bottom barrier. And I believe I read some time ago that this design was arrived at in part because Border Patrol agents who weighed in on what the style should be said that they needed to be able to see through. So they're placed almost in a fence-like fashion where you can see through them to the other side, meaning border agents and officials aren't surprised by whatever could be hidden there. And then Texas is also getting permission from ranchers and others who own the property along the border, along the Rio Grande, getting permission to construct fencing on their property. And I visited one such ranch where he's had about eight or nine miles of fencing the state has put up in the past year or so. And unlike some of the ranchers I've visited in the past in Arizona, who have dealt with this problem off and on for years, these ranchers in Eagle Pass, Texas say, Illegal immigration was never a big problem for them until fairly recently. Now, this one rancher I spoke to, his name is Jim Hobbs. He says they found up to 1,400 illegal border crossers in one day on his property. And something I don't usually have time to talk about because it's important, but you only can fit so much into a story. But the trash that comes across with the thousands and thousands of people that gets dumped on the U.S. side of the border on this private property owned by the ranchers and on public property too. It is stunning in terms of its scope. When you look at it from the air, from a helicopter as I've done, it's incredible. You can't imagine how much trash comes across. It just shows you the size of the problem. If that much trash can be left behind, shows you how many people are coming across. And of course, Border Patrol will tell you they probably miss as many as they catch. There's no way to know for sure, but if they catch 2,000 a day coming across an Eagle Pass, they estimate that 4,000 are actually coming through. Texas isn't alone in trying to take measures where the feds apparently will not. Arizona's Governor Doug Ducey and state legislators have said that they plan to use hundreds of millions of dollars in public funds also to build additional barriers and construction. It really seems so unfair that they aren't allowed or don't have the authority to take measures to stop the illegal immigration and enforce the laws that are on the books because immigration is a federal responsibility, and yet they're required in many ways to bear the cost of it, they and taxpayers. And what an impact it has. Local officials described for me that when you're in one of these border towns where all of this is going on, Almost all of the law enforcement and activity that taxpayers are paying for to make their community safer and livable is all moved and devoted instead to processing and handling the illegal immigration. And as much as the state officials would like to enforce the laws and keep the illegal immigrants out, since they're not allowed to, they end up sort of just turning into a pair of extra hands and helping Border Patrol process and do search and rescue of the illegal immigrants. If you are deeply interested in this topic, and polling indicates a lot of you are, you can listen to my other podcast this week, Full Measure After Hours, to hear from the mayor of Eagle Pass and the local sheriff. Can you imagine being an official in a relatively small town that hadn't had to deal with much of this in the past and suddenly practically overnight up to 4,000 Illegal border crossers are coming in a day. I spoke to one sheriff's official who told me that it literally started with hundreds of people overnight. He said he and the sheriff were riding along the highway and saw a few illegal immigrants walking on the highway and they said, oh, we better call border patrol. And as they went further, they saw hundreds. He said there were about 400 that very first night and it hasn't stopped since. In Eagle Pass, it's equal to the size of their whole town moving through every week in terms of illegal border crossings. You can watch my Sunday TV program, Full Measure, this week, Sunday, September 11th, on our debut of our season eight, our eighth year, to find out what I learned on my trip to Eagle Pass, Texas. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you'll share this podcast and leave a great review. And now you can support independent journalism, which has never been more important, by visiting CherylAckison.com and clicking the Store tab. There are some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you, with proceeds from sales benefiting various independent reporting causes. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.